to another van chat. All right, I had to sneeze right off the bat there. So this is another van chat, and it looks like we're on episode number, where'd it go? 67. So we've been doing 67 of these shows over the years. Uh, started doing these when a friend of mine, Bob, came down from Canada to explore the United States a little bit and I had been antsy to get out and explore gun shops some more so uh, uh, we met, we worked we kind of teamed up and he had a, a truck and a camper and I had my cop car uh, we both had a dog and we uh, headed out and I was able to hang out in his van for that portion of the tour and uh, that's when I started saying, well, I'm going to put a name on this tour. Uh, I had called an earlier one something else, and I figured this one needed a name, so I started calling it the Gun Show Loophole Tour, and that was 2014. And uh, Bob and I started to drive around southern Arizona and headed up to some of the filming locations in uh, uh, for the movie Red Dawn up in Las Vegas, New Mexico. I remember right, we headed out to, forget the name of that town, Alamogordo, New Mexico, to look for a gun shop show. Uh, we got all the way out there, and it turns out they canceled the gun show and didn't tell anybody on the internet. So uh, we made lemonade out of that and went to an astronaut museum that's there in Alamogordo. This is on the north end, I guess, or kind of north side of... Uh, uh, White Sands Missile Base. So uh, uh, that was a pretty fun trip. That kind of got me going back on the idea of uh, getting on the road. Earlier trips, like in 2012, we had focused on manufacturers going from factory to factory. I had had an opportunity to visit a few factories prior to 2012, and it was some of the funnest stuff I've ever done. I really like checking out factories and things. So in 2012, I uh, decided to drive around the country and meet up with some YouTubers and explore some firearms factories and make videos of firearms factories. Well, I don't put a lot of effort into production, so um, I basically was just bringing my little $50 cameras, and uh, my friend Hossio SMC at the time was able to go. He just didn't have any money. So uh, I said, hey, if you help me drive, I can cover the bills. So he drove down, or he got himself down to Tucson, and then together we grabbed my Doberman and we got my cop car, and we set out. And uh, the cop car at that point was new to me, so I had had it for months, just about three months or something, and uh, not very many, not half a year. And then we as we set out. I had it long enough to figure it was good enough to make the trip. So we headed out, and uh, we had a few appointments set up, and we figured we would figure them out along the way. Now, Hosted a little bit smarter than me. He had pre-made, pre-created, pre-produced a bunch of videos. And uh, as we were driving, he had videos launching throughout the trip. I basically went into a blackout 
and just did live stuff during the trip. And uh, like I said, we checked out manufacturers. So not being able to go into a manufacturer live because it was 2012 and that wasn't easy to do yet. Uh, and, or at least it wasn't as easy to do. And a lot of manufacturers didn't want that going on. We didn't uh, have that aspect of it. Um, do we have Instagram? I don't think we had Instagram yet. At least we certainly weren't using it. So uh, basically that accumulated a lot of content. And uh, um, so going to manufacturers was interesting, but the end result would be very limited content. It would create content that talked about that manufacturer or maybe that industry or that product or something, but uh, not much more reach beyond that or much more use beyond that. So uh, whenever I started driving around with Bob, I started thinking, hey, this would be a better topic for the road trips, better reason to go on these road trips, uh, more useful information to share with everybody. Because uh, if you're not interested in production of anything, you're not going to care about manufacturing. If you're not interested in a specific product and how it's made, you know, not just the product, but also being interested in how the product's made, you're probably not going to care about that manufacturer. And there's probably some usefulness to uh, talking about manufacturers to anti-gunners because they probably don't think much about it. But when you get industry involved, they probably would look at it more of a, from the from the angle that it's big business involved in firearms. So anyway, I figured driving around looking at manufacturers had limited use and limited interest for me or limited use and therefore limited interest for me. I like to do stuff that's useful. It's got broad appeal. That's not necessarily widespread, but it's just, you know, I'm not trying to focus completely so that 16 people are interested, but maybe you know, 1600 is plenty. All right. So, uh, headed out on the gun show loophole tour, uh, in order to check out, um, various gun shops and gun shows and firearms museums. That's something else I like to do, set out to the different firearms museums. Take a look at what they're like and what their scale is, what they focus on and how they're laid out and how long they've been around and how they're run. And uh, that's interesting to me. So we archive stuff like that. Um, this is episode 67. I started, I, I scheduled these shows before we went on the road and this one uh, the weekend before the Wanamaker gun show uh, was to uh, was scheduled in preparation of being at Wanamaker next weekend. So next weekend is the largest gun show in the country. Uh, it's in it's in Tulsa. It's called the Wanamaker gun show, and it's been going on for a long time. Uh, I was planning on getting to it, but I spent about two hundred dollars extra or more than I had budgeted on gas during the trip. And that ate into the Wanamaker uh, budget for gas, which is about 600 bucks. And uh, just didn't have the rest of the funds. Almost made it. I almost, I have actually money coming in, but it's not here and it's getting to be too late. Even if it got here tomorrow, I doubt I could really put it together. If I had all the money by Wednesday, I wouldn't be able to get to the show 
Uh, and then uh, for other reasons, I figured I guess I'll have to miss the show this year, or at least this November show. Um, so that uh, we can still talk about it. We were talking about it on Gun Gals earlier, um, and I guess I could address some of their things uh, here, not necessarily them directly because they probably don't listen to this show. But in general, since we were talking about uh, Wanamaker, and I call it Wanamaker, it's, I think it's Wanamaker, but uh, just in general, going to a gun show as someone who's either just enjoying the show or covering the show, there's a couple of different ways to go about it. Ugh, so, uh, yeah, it's just me and Pants, I guess, today. So this is definitely a narrow cast. It's just me and one other guy listening. But we're doing this on uh, live because it's easier than just turning on a camera and recording it. And I guess technically I could be screen sharing, so I might as well screen share here. See the screen I'm looking at at least. So um, uh, just talking about going to gun shows in general. I'm going to be right back. Uh, having a budget is a good idea, and then having a pretty good idea of what you have just in case. So I have a budget, and then I have a just-in-case amount. So how much money I can spend just in case I find something that isn't a whim or a need or anything even, but like this is going to make me money in the long run. Every once in a while you come across, and just this happens in life in general, but it can happen at a gun show more often, I guess. Uh, at least there's more potential. You'll come across something that you know what it is, and the other guy doesn't, and the person selling it doesn't, and everybody else in the gun show wasn't paying attention either. Now, it's either because it was covered or it was buried or just everybody doesn't know what it is, and that's what capitalism and all that's about. So, um, you know, for those kind of potentials, you know, if something costs 100 bucks, but you know it's worth a 1000 for sure, then you know that's that's that just in case money if you see something that's five hundred dollars and you know you can just immediately turn it around for three times that money then that's worth having a couple of hundred bucks of just in case money that really only works if you've got that kind of money laying around all right so anyway know your your budget and then uh i like to want to make a little different but because uh, it's such a large scale. But normally, even on a real large show, you can take a lap or two before making any final decisions on most things. Uh, it doesn't apply to everything, and the, the rarity and the cost can make a determination. But I'll typically walk around a gun show first, and I'll take a uh, piece of paper from the front, either a schedule of the next shows that that promoter is going to do, Or maybe something about ballot initiatives or um, Congress people or something like that. Like something that's maybe useful but has a, a place you can write some notes on. Um, and that way you're getting double coverage from it. You're helping uh, keep aware of what's going on in your local community and taking a pamphlet which gives some feedback, not ultimate feedback, but at least some feedback to the people that are printing those pamphlets out. And... Uh, and then you can start making some notes. So as you drive around the show there, looking around the show, uh, keep a 
little note, you know, something you didn't know you needed, something you know that is worth more than it has on the table. Uh, part of going to a gun show is making a few bucks. There's there's times when you can walk into a gun show and all things being perfect, uh, you know, perfect storm for a gun show is you walk in, you see something that you just know is worth more than the price on the table. You investigate the thing looks like it's in good shape. The person just isn't interested or for whatever reason, they're just selling it cheap. You buy that thing, you walk it over to somebody else who you know at that show is an expert in or a, a you know, seller of whatever that thing is, and you sell it for a few bucks more than you paid for it. Or even better yet, you buy that thing cheap and you walk over to somebody who's the end collector of whatever that thing might be. Then you get to bring in not only the middleman price, but whatever good price you would sell that thing for them. Now, if you bought it at a low enough price and you're able to walk it over to an end collector and offer it to them at a massively discounted price than they might normally pay retail for someone who knows what the scarce item is, then uh, you made a, you might make a friend for life right there. Now, uh, if you take it over to a reseller who can take it over to a seller and make that um, kind of relationship with the seller, then think of that relationship you're having with that reseller. So, you know, if you're not trying to be super greedy or if you're trying to create network opportunities, you know, think of those kind of things when you go around a gun shop or a gun show, I should say. I guess it happens to gun shops too. Uh, and unless you're independently wealthy, you just can't buy everything that someone might want. They could actually do it a favor, but uh, you can certainly get some favors in the long run. Um, impress people with your uh, interest in their hobbies and stuff by uh, uh, making people known. Now, with phones and everything that we got these days, especially if you're going into some kind of media, saying, hey, I think I know a buyer who might be interested in this so-and-so you got on the table. Do you mind if I take a picture and show it to them? You know, again, if it's not a issue with law or anything, if you're just talking about a holster or a piece of a gear or a book or some antique, yeah, you and the guy says, sure, feel free. You take a picture, you text that over to your friend who you know is standing three tables or you know, three aisles over or whatever, and uh, you help them locate something. That's, that's what gun shows are all about. So uh, I guess my uh, first thing, I just kind of got off track there. My first thing is walk around the show, get an idea of the lay of the land, how big the show is. What if you're looking for camping gear? You know, How many of those tables are camping gear? Uh, if you're looking for six different things, how many of those tables are what you're looking for? If you're looking for a specific thing, how many of them did you find? Now keep track of how many tables might have had the thing you were looking for, but you were trying to walk fast through the show. Through the show. So, uh, you know, take a, take a lap, make some notes, and depending on how interested you are in a thing and how possible it is that that thing is hidden, you know, a small part, something they might not have on the table. There's a certain amount of learning shows to know, okay, I'm looking for such and such a bayonet, and that's not the kind of thing they're going to put on a table necessarily. But this guy has nothing but stocks and uh, gas blocks and, and pistol grips and trigger guards for AKs. It might be worth asking him if he knows about bayonets or if he's got any behind the table. Because he might, and he just might not have put them out because he didn't think anybody was interested in them. Uh, he might not, but he might know somebody who does have them behind the table. Uh, he might not, but he knows some guy who sells all cowboy stuff and has a couple 
that he doesn't know what they are. You know, you never know what kind of leads you're going to get. And that's what gun shows are useful for is that uh, potential to do all that real, you know, face-to-face -face networking and uh, questions and answers and stuff. A um, little tough to bring your own stuff in to a show and get expert advice, but if you know an expert's going to be there, you can certainly bring stuff in and get, um, you know, an expert to lay hands on your item, which can help a lot for identification. Uh, so I do that first lap. I get an idea of how big the show is. Again, how many tables, how many items I found. Of course, you can compare prices, uh, quality and condition, and then uh, who they are. There's a couple of people who I won't buy from unless they have the best possible price and it's saving me a lot of money. I'd rather pay a couple of bucks on an item and go to somebody who I'd rather work with, some workshop from than uh, somebody who's maybe gouging and everything else on the table, but they got a good price on the thing I want, I'll still think twice about buying that thing from them. Uh, it's not always about price, in other words. And uh, I don't know. Anyway, so there's that. Um, what else would I, what can you do? We do have the internet, so if you've got somebody at home or a friend or something that's not at the show, or somebody even that's at the show but has better internet than you or doesn't, you know, not as interested in the show so they're not going to scrutinize everything so they might be bored. Um, you know, especially if you find that person who isn't going to mind it, isn't going to consider it a burden, but instead consider it maybe a, an interesting way to participate in your experience, then have that person search for some of the stuff you're looking for or you're comparing. You know, I'm, I could buy this gun at this price or that gun at that price, you know, which is a better deal. Let uh, someone who's online help with that. Uh, let's see. So that's your first lap. Uh, then I'll typically, you know, kind of can most of the time, if depending on what I'm looking for, I look for things that aren't necessarily on every table. But let's say it's something like 50 BMG ammo. That's one of those things that I like to collect that I'll sometimes find 10 tables at a show that have some sort of 50 BMG collectible or uh, just maybe uh, shooting ammo, but in some some interest to in me, to my collection. So of those 10, I'll prioritize them. You know, which ones have the item I really want? Uh, you know, somebody's got a Rufus round versus somebody has yet another head stamp of a plain old ball round or an armor piercing or something that I've got a lot of. Uh, maybe somebody has some other component, you know, so I'll, I'll prioritize that kind of thing. And then depending on how much time I have for the show and how how many other things I'm looking at, uh, then you can sometimes have narrowed down a, ta a show with 400 tables down to 10 that you really have interest in. And now instead of just browsing aimlessly, you can go have discussions. You know now there's 10 tables that even, you know, own the thing I'm looking for. And that means they might have other things you're interested in. You know, you're looking for grants. Well, maybe they know where to get slings or web gear or ammo. Who knows? So, um you know, now you've taken that large event and you've narrowed it down to just a few tables, hopefully, that you might want to, you know, talk further with. And uh, um, that's another strategy then, I guess, or a continuation of the strategy to uh, enjoy the shows. I don't try to uh, eat at a show. I don't think it's uh, uh, worth spending the money. But a lot of times promoters do make their money there, so... Um, if you go to a show and it has good food, I recommend sharing that with people. If you want to keep gun shows around, 
Uh, they almost always have good relationships with the food vendors. And if they don't, the people who own the building do, if they're not the same people. So if you can impress, then you can uh, encourage people to buy food at these events. It almost always is good for the show. Uh, if there's going to be a gun show this weekend and there's going to, the alternative would be some kind of indoor horse racing or BMX biking or an electronics clearance thing, uh, clear out, clear out type of event, then, uh, you know, in all things being equal, they're going to make X amount of dollars through, you know, let's say a thousand visitors a day at each of those shows. So there's no real difference in them, but one of them promotes their food court. Which one do you think they're going to, you know, choose? So uh, if you like their food, I wouldn't go around suggesting people eat carnival food or flea market, what's it called, fairgrounds food, uh, unless it's good. But if it's good, it could be incredibly good. And you might have something unique there, a type of coffee or a barbecue or a, a bun on a hamburger or something that's just unique to the area. And that's the kind of thing to let people know about in your reviews of their shows. Um, so again, they can offer something that might be overlooked by others. I guess the same could apply to like uh, facilities if there's camping. The One of the fairgrounds where there's a gun show going on as I record this uh, here in Tucson, that, um, well, it's the fairgrounds, but that venue for the gun shows offers quite elaborate uh, RV parking. So those people are able to, um, you know, hook up and have sewer and everything. So they might, you know, make a decision to go there for the gun show simply because that's a good place to RV park or to go there to RV park because they get to go to the gun show. And that's something that, uh, I don't know, somebody driving the country from another country, an international tourist, they might find interesting. So, uh, I think what else uh, I would suggest, um, I guess, what was I getting at eating there? So uh, after I've spent some time looking at the various tables that have the stuff I'm looking for, I'll usually do another loop. Make sure you're not forgetting anything. Things will change on tables. Somebody comes in and sells a bunch of stuff. Immediately it's on the table. Uh, there's some trading going on. Something gets sold and something gets brought up from under the table and now it's sitting there. So take another walk around the table. It gets your juices flowing. It makes you think, and you can start to roll over in your mind, uh, you know, the rarity of the item you're looking for versus the, you know, chance that you're going to see more of them. If for some weird fluke, you will go, you're looking for a certain cap or something or uniform gloves or something, and uh, you try you look all around the gun show, and you find four of them. You fart around. You talk to those four people. They all seem weird and you don't like any of the stories of any of them. You're not sure if they're real or some kind of, uh, you know, thing made for uh, reenactors. So you decide to walk around again and boom, now there's eight to choose from, you know, depending on the time frame and everything that could be, you know, black and white night or day for being able to make a decision. But on the other hand, I guess it could screw you. If there's 16 people to make an option from and you've got two hours left in the show, that could be pretty tight. But it gives you an idea how big that show is, and maybe next year you show up and you do that inventory of uh, who's there really soon. And now if there's still that same 16 or maybe 12 or 10 or something, 
you know, it's still manageable because you are prepared for it. All right, so there's doing a quick walk around and then uh, keeping track of who's there, uh, narrowing it down, contacting those tables, making a second walk around, a deliberate, intentional break so that you go and you walk around and take your mind off of whatever uh, might have been doing and then uh, play it by ear at that point, I would say. Uh, then, you know, once you've walked it a second time, you have a pretty good idea of what's changing out there on the show. You got an idea still of who's participating or has some of the stuff that you might be interested in. You've talked to some of them. Now go buy your damn guns. So buy some guns and then uh, you know, it's up to you if you leave the show at that point or uh, maybe sometimes I'll buy something and then I'll take it. I'll take it, like, let's say there's three guys selling M1 carbines. Can't decide which one to buy. I ended up buying one of them. I'll take that sometimes to the other two guys selling it and see what they tell me. Now, sometimes get ready for you having your feelings hurt. Sometimes they'll tell you, like, oh, that's so-and-so. He bought it off a schmuck over there. I don't like that guy. He buys anything. Somebody tried to, you know, some other jerk so tried to sell me that gun two months ago or two weeks ago or two days ago. I told him to go pound sand for the price he wanted. I hope you didn't pay more than X, Y, Z. So sometimes you learn a lot more about your item than you want to know. Hopefully that never happens to anybody. But uh, there you go. So that's uh, a little bit about uh, my gun show strategy, I guess. Uh, getting ready for Oklahoma would have entailed getting the van ready to go. I need some steering stuff dealt with. Um, deal with a couple of little trim insulation things to kind of keep it a little bit less frayed around the edges. Uh, I got to swap out a battery that's bad with a new one. Uh, I just don't have the cash right now, so probably just remove the one battery. Uh, not much else needs to be done with the van. I uh, might need another oil change when I'm in Tulsa if I was headed that way. And then, of course, I still got to do something with the power steering, but don't have to worry too much about hills or curves or anything uh, driving between here and Tulsa. Once I'm in Tulsa, there's some pretty crazy exits and uh, entrances to the highway, but, you know, with, as long as I'm being conscientious on speed, then that shouldn't be much issue. I'm familiar with how crazy their, their turns and turnoffs are. Uh, but otherwise, uh, the van is pretty much good to go. It's ready to take on whatever. Uh, just did another, what was it, 5,000 miles? I guess I can go over here. Oh, what am I doing? I can go right here. Oh, no, I don't know it's set up. So we'll head over to Gunshow Loophole Tour. The main site. And we'll drop that over here. I didn't realize it wasn't here. All right, and then uh, I was going to see how many miles. So tell us already. If I added it up anywhere. So, so far we're looking at 2252. Uh, 11.7, so 11,000, almost 12,000 miles this year, and, uh,
don't know where I was going with that. I guess I'm getting tired. All right, so uh, there we go. That's the uh, van chat for today. Uh, super late because I was in a chat with uh, Midnight Range TM, uh, member of Gun Channels, who's been doing a consistent Sunday night show now for quite a while, uh, a year. Uh, but it's a pretty fun show. He brings a variety of people in. And he has a good time with it, a good, he calls it the Sunday closer, and uh, having a lot of fun with that. Um, a lot of other people, gun gals, have their chats on just before that, and uh, before that there was some other live stuff going on. So I'm getting a little tired from doing live stuff all day. I uh, will be uh, back doing some other things, but uh, thanks to the people that do uh, support our projects. Uh, both uh, by helping out with suggesting places to visit and spreading the word about uh, different uh, projects, campaigns, and tours that we do. And then, of course, the people that support us over on Patreon, which is awesome because that allows me to keep the van, literally, and uh, drive it around every once in a while. Uh, do what I can to make some extra scratch on the side, but uh, you know, it's a difficult thing to balance. So I really do appreciate the people that are allowing me to spend time I am able to spend on content creation and building communities and stuff. So I look forward to continuing to do that and working on ways to make it better for everybody. Uh, we've got the Gun Show Loophole Tour website, uh, continuing to work on that. So if you head over to Gun Show Loophole Tour, uh, you can click on the 208, or 2018 section here or uh, from the tour log, go to the 2018 and you can see we've done quite a few tours actually this year already. We started out going to SHOT Show in January, 900 miles going up and back to Vegas. Uh, before we headed over to Tulsa, we booked over to California, checked out five gun shops, a couple of new museums. Uh, that was 1,300 miles. Uh, came back to Tucson, grabbed our guns, and then headed to Tulsa uh, for a grand total of 3,000 miles on that loop. Uh, after Tulsa for the Wanamaker show, we headed south into Texas and uh, drove around a little bit touring Texas. Uh, then recently here, we just went on the road for another 30-something uh, days and 38 days or something and uh, uh, visited 47 gun shops in 13 different states and we drove 6,500 miles right there. So uh, we do appreciate the people that allow us to get on the road to visit those gun shops. This is where we attempt to uh, share some of the pictures. Uh, we use YouTube and GunStreamer.com and GunTube.org to post some of the videos. Of course, we do the daily gun show where we feature a gun shop every day. Hey, I suppose since we're doing that, well, today it's, it's not really a shop. It's so much uh, where we're putting those shops. So uh, again, if you get to the 2018 section of the site, uh, you'll see all the different stuff that we're doing uh, and I uh, have another website where we keep the actual reviews of the gun shops and uh, another site yet where we keep track of the gun shows. And that's not just to make it confusing. It's really to isolate slices of search engine terms so that we can um, build search engine optimization for things that don't normally get advocates. You know, I can go work for a pizza place and I'm going to make sure that I'm going to try to make sure that pizza place comes up in Google and Bing and all the different searches out there before their competitors, right? You search for best pizza in Tucson, somebody's going to pay me to, you know, to help them with that. Well, if I wanted to do the same thing for lawyers or airlines, 
or whatever. I've done all that kind of stuff in the past, and someone pays you to do that. Well, something like gun show loophole, nobody's paying for that. In fact, the only people paying for anything is Bloomberg. He's paying people like uh, Gabby Gifford's um, crew, you know, their 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 staff to uh, post things like gun show loophole as if it's a valid thing. You know, they made up that word. They made up the concept to describe private sales of firearms and to give it connotation, to make it seem as though by using the word loophole, there's some kind of ulterior motive being performed there or some sort of a nefarious uh, motive behind it. Well, fuck them, to say it frankly. They don't get to own the internet. They don't get to own words. So I called the particular tour the gun show loophole tour to take back that phrase so that when people search for gun show loophole, at least there's a chance. And if I can continue to work on this over time, they'll, you know, it'll be easier and stronger for something decent to come out of the search gun show loophole. Well, I'm an internet guy, so I think about stuff like that. And when I go to post reviews of gun shows, I'm not going to post those on gun show loophole tour because its job is to say gun show loophole a bunch of times on the internet. When someone types in gun show review or what's a gun show and those kind of search terms, that's where we want to have a separate place, a different landing place for them. And that's why I put the gun show reviews on a separate website than the gun shops and then a completely thir separate third site for the tour itself. And to go even further, we have a separate site for just the van because, again, if I'm talking about the carburetor or mileage all that stuff is going to distract from this gun show loophole tours website whose job is to go out there and attack the gun show loophole phrase and to uh to compete against bloomberg's garbage out there for these search terms and that's one of my projects whenever uh, i hear them trying to come up with a new anti-gun phrase i would try to go out and buy a url for that so that we could post some positive, pro-gun, pro-freedom, pro-knowledge information, but that gets to be expensive and I've got to draw a line. So too many projects are, uh, you know, not possible, but this is uh, one of them that I get to go out and drive around and ideally share that information in those shops with people on things like the Gun Show Loophole uh, tour website, on the uh, Daily Gun Show podcast, and on the van chat that we're having now. I should say that we're concluding now. So thanks again to everyone who joined us tonight. <clears throat> we're this one about two hours late. So it looks like only Pants joined us on the gun channel side. So thanks for that. Do appreciate the people that watch us over there. Uh, looks like five people are watching it right now. Three people liked it. One person did not. And uh, that's always good because if you have uh, five views and you had five thumbs up, Everybody thinks that's your mom and your sisters and your your, uh, your mom's boyfriend or something. But if you uh, have one thumbs down, now they think there's some controversy. Now people want to watch that video. So I always encourage people to thumb it down. Thanks to the people who participate in that. It makes our lives easier and it makes our videos more appealing to those people out there. So we really do appreciate it. All right. So with that, uh, that's the van chat for tonight. Uh, we will uh, be back next Sunday. If you have any questions, you can always contact us over at gunchannels.com, a community which is now five years old that we built so that we can have a place for 
civil conversation about firearms and it's turned into a platform that allows daily live conversation to happen just about 24 hours a day. So if you're interested in chatting live with people or being able to post some questions and come back in a few hours and see what kind of answers you got, uh, if you just want to share pictures that you found or you've taken or videos that you're posting out there, a podcast or a blog, what Gun Channels is all about, keeping people from various medias together, uh, from various content creators, people that like to watch different stuff from the grassroots up and uh, gives us a place to collaborate and network for whenever there's uh, times where we need those kind of tools. And uh, I guess that's about all I can plug. Uh, if you're watching this in the future and you want to chat with us, like I say, hook me up or get with me over on Gun Channels. Uh, until next time, I guess, we will uh, see you later. <laughs>